Welcome back to Home Inspector Training. I am Garth Haslam, also known as the Home Medic. This subject today is going to be um, the hose bib. It's a, a little tiny item that uh, sits on the front and sometimes the back of a house, sometimes in the garage. Uh, most people don't think much of it, but there are some inspection points on the hose bib that you're going to want to be aware of and make sure you're clear on. Uh, because, as always, the uh, the buyer standing right behind you is going to expect you to know this and all other subjects very well. So, of course, you got to not disappoint. Um, beginning, the first thing you want to do uh, as you approach the, the hose bib is you want to pay attention to just how it looks. Is it protruding, for example, too far out of the structure? Is it inset too far in to the structure? Uh, I've seen both a thousand times where you, um, for example, if it's too far out, that can be a problem because if you've got, for example, copper that is exposed behind the hose bib, you stand a substantial risk of having that hose bib freeze during the winter and then things get ugly in the spring when the homeowner turns that on and then you're getting that angry phone call. Uh, if it's too far inset, and that happens a lot as well, um, you can't turn the hose bib on and um, you know, or maybe sometimes they're, they're set in so that you can turn the valve but you can't actually hook up a hose to it. So these are the obvious inspection points that um, you're going to want to write up. As you hook up your water pressure tester to the hose bib, uh, you're going to be looking for a couple things. I like to tell people that the range should be between about 40 and 90, uh, 40 PSI and 90 PSI. Reasons for that. Um, most cities call for a maximum of 90 PSI. If it's beyond that, then obviously any leak is going to be a larger leak the more pressure you've got. And 90 PSI is more than plenty to run a house. Um, even if you do have toilets and dishwashers and washing machines, even if they're all going at once, unless there's something going wrong inside the house, 90 PSI is more than enough. Um, so, and then on the on the lower end, the reason I uh, I use forty, and again, you can you can prove what you know when you repeat this story. But basically, um, state water departments generally require that uh, cities provide a minimum of twenty psi uh, at the houses under all conditions. One of the potential conditions would be a fire that they're fighting right across the street at the house next door. And so if that sort of a scenario is happening, then one thing that um, then the city, the, the state, uh, doesn't want the city to create a set of conditions where you can potentially suck water back out of homes, um, back into the water system. The, the, the city considers and the state considers water, once it has been delivered to a home, they consider it to be contaminated and it should not go back into the city water system. Reason why they might believe that it's contaminated. Let's say that maybe there's a swimming pool in the backyard. Let's say that maybe we have um, a pond that somebody is filling or even something as simple as a sink 
um, where the faucet is down actually within the drainage area, uh, maybe a fish tank, whatever it is, where a, uh, a negative pressure could actually suck the uh, fish tank water or the swimming pool water or the pond water back into the system. They don't want to allow that. They don't want to have any sort of scenario that results in water being sucked back into the system. As a result, states require that even if there is a fire flow next door, that there still be a minimum of 20 PSI. Now, fire flows generally take out about 20 PSI of pressure out of a water system. Now, of course, that can vary a little uh, depending on whether you've got a minimum for most cities is going to be six inch diameter pipe and you the home inspector are not going to know what it is um, if it's a main artery maybe it's an eight or a 10 or a 12 whatever it may be but uh, what you need to know is that a fire flow will take 20 psi ish out of the water system and the state's going to require that there remain at least 20 psi so hence the 40 that's the minimum Another reason why that's the floor is that there's a lot of um, dishwashers and appliances that require a minimum of about 35 PSI for them to function. So uh, that 40 number is a low. Now, be aware that you are testing this home, but um, you're, when you're testing the water pressure, you're actually uh, testing the city as opposed to the house. And if the, if the number is too high, they can actually turn down the uh, pressure reducer. But if the number is, is too low, all that a homeowner can do is complain to the city and try and get higher water pressures. They do have a little bit of leverage. Again, there's state law requiring that cities deliver um, 20 PSI under all conditions. But it may take some reminding the right sort of people that that is the case. And then, of course, state laws can change from one state to another. So there may or may not be a law like that in whatever state that you're inspecting in. But that's that's the concept there. Now, protrusion, I mentioned that if the hose bib actually protrudes too far out, you're at great risk of having a water or an ice column uh, fill in behind and then you've got ice problems. Attachment to the home, and this happens fairly commonly, uh, the plumber will hook up the hose bib to the exterior of the house, and once he's got that plumbing done, he thinks he's done. If that's, you know, if you've got that sort of a plumber on a home that you may be inspecting, you've got some write-up to do. There are, and this is one of those $10 fixes and $10,000 fixes, only in this case, the two screws that you need are probably about 10 cents each. So, the, uh, the cheap fix is to get two screws, one on each side of the hose bib, to attach that hose bib to the house. Uh, without it, every time you're turning on the valve at the hose bib, you are also stressing the plumbing inside the house. And when you stress that plumbing one time too many, well, things start to get very wet uh, inside the house. Then you get a free swimming pool in the basement, and life starts to suck for somebody. So you're going to want to pay attention to that attachment to make sure that it's there. If it's not, let the uh, clients know and then write it up. Twistability, same sort of thing. If that hose bib twists in your hands right and left or clockwise and counterclockwise as the case may be, you need to write that up. 
And then uh, the note for that is just that the hose bib should be attached to the structure. Um, if it is November or December, January, one of those winter months, and you're living in a cold area, uh, and you see a hose on the hose bib, uh, the damage may have already been done, but a hose there can cause uh, the water in behind the valve to freeze. And then especially if you've got copper plumbing, um, that ice is going to stay there until the springtime when somebody turns on the valve. And at that point, you've got a whole bunch of water inside the house. I had that happen to me once. I, uh, I was hooking up my pressure tester, and I turned on the valve, and of course you expect it to, to surge into the pressure tester and then the flow to stop. And this was a number of years ago. I was a little greener than I am now, but I could hear water flowing, and it wasn't coming out on my end. So I let it uh, stay on for... Uh, I don't know, I'm going to say about 10 seconds before I got wise and turned it off. And that resulted in a good deal of water inside the house. I wrote that up, of course, but I didn't make myself anybody's hero because all that water didn't have to be there. So basically, you turn that on and don't just leave it on, especially if it sounds like there's a flow happening. Um, you're going to want to write that up immediately and make sure that the buyer is clear that you've got a broken copper line, and if they turn that on, they're going to have a swimming pool in the basement. Functionality, of course, is, is important. If it's in too far or if you can't get a hose on it, you need to write that sort of thing up. If you have a hose bib in the garage, sometimes those, depends on what kind of faucet you've got going there, those may be okay as far as freezing is concerned. If it's a, if it's a exterior valve, then you should be as good as if it was outside. But you'll want to just take a look at that. Uh, again, if those things freeze, life starts to suck for the home owner pretty quickly. So that is your 10-minute tutorial on hose bibs. Who would have thought that I could talk for 10 minutes about that sort of thing? But these are the in, this is the kind of information you've got to have so that you can serve your client well. More information at my website, homemedicusa.com or nachi.org. That's a good website. I've said that before, but it deserves saying again. Now, take this information, go out there, check the hose bib. Now you can look and sound intelligent because you are. Make me proud.